Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Health Interactions Podcast. I'm really excited for you to listen to the episode. We've got Glenn Bailey. Uh, Glenn's a human performance coach and the founder of Heart of Human. I'm really excited to have Glenn on the podcast today. Um, Glenn's purpose and her mission is so closely aligned to what I do here with Health Interactions. Um, even to the point where Glenn's also connected to B1G1 and she shows really good commitment to the global goals. Um, super excited to have her on. We talk about the heart method that Glenn implements to help empower women in leadership roles to overcome their imposter syndrome and gain confidence to make themselves feel unstoppable. So sit down and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to the next episode of the Health Interactions Podcast. Today, we've got a special guest. Um, We've got Glynn. Glynn is a human performance coach, and she's also the founder of Heart of Human. Um, I'm very interested in everything that Glynn does. She she works in empowering women in leadership roles to overcome their imposter syndrome and gain confidence for them to feel unstoppable. And I'm really interested in in Glynn's method, um, the heart method, which we're going to be talking about throughout because I think I align to it quite well. Um, every, every aspect and every principle of the heart method, um, has a strong purpose that, um, I strongly believe in as well. So Glenn's someone that I, I wanted to have on the podcast for quite some time now, and I'm quite excited to have her here. So, um, please welcome Glenn. How are you going today? Thank you so much, Tom. So lovely to be on here. Thank you for coming. Um, have you been traveling through um, the past couple of months of these uncertain times? Has it been a bit up and down for you? Or have you been able to sort of um, keep on the straight and narrow focused? Oh, I think I'd be lying if I said it's been entirely smooth sailing. I think as with anything, um, these these situations are here to test us. And I have to say, I'm very grateful for the my own framework, my own methodology, which I've had to lean into quite heavily to, to help see me through and keep me on the straight and narrow. But there's definitely been moments of lows and moments of highs because I acknowledge like with all of us, we're only human and we do the best that we can as each day presents itself. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. I um That first couple of weeks, I certainly felt um, a little bit of that flatness that you talk about. Um, but like you say, you've got to lean in. And I think that's a lot of what you'd be encouraging your own clients to do as well. Um, people, f- you know, in that imposter syndrome um, state, you'd be, you'd be very much encouraging them to lean in. So it's good that you're practicing what you preach. But before we get too much into it, I guess I really want to kick things off with the heart method because that's what really um, attracted you to be a guest on this podcast is um, is that heart method. So would you be able to tell me about it more in depthly and and how you help um, women in leadership roles sort of push push through that imposter syndrome? Yeah, of course. Um, well, the heart self leadership method I created probably now or just around three years ago, and it came about from my own journey of self-leadership because I'm a big believer that unless you are able to lead yourself, it's really difficult to then be able to lead others. Um, I had a career in finance 17 years prior to leaving uh, a couple of years ago to start my own business. And one of the things I learned through that period of time was that I'd spent 17 years doing something, climbing the corporate ladder, uh, but nobody ever really asked me if it would make me happy. 
Um, so I was on this striving to be the best I could be to to get up the top of the the ladder of my my corporate career. And it was only until I had um, a personal challenge in terms of a significant relationship ending that it made me question how was I actually leading myself and what was I going to um, have my life stand for. So Heart came about because I started to go inward into the self-exploration, trying to figure out what I was doing. And also in acknowledgement of the fact that I'd spent the majority of my career um, climbing the corporate ladder, but feeling like I'd probably suffered imposter syndrome for the majority of my career. And, and, and by imposter syndrome, it's it's a sense, it's a, it's a term that's used to describe the feelings of what I would say successful people who find it hard to take credit for their own accomplishments. And they have a persistent fear of essentially being exposed as a fraud. It's that sense of, um, it's like self-doubt that manifests in your mind, which essentially shows up as a mixture of anxiety and a persistent inability to recognize your own success. Um, And as a a consequence, you end up... um, limiting what you you put yourself forward for you don't put your hands up for promotions when they're available you wait for other people to notice how good you are you don't like saying that you're good because if you do what if you turn out not to be as good as you think you are and people find you out to be a fraud and especially the more senior you get that the stakes are higher and therefore the impact that the potential loss of face you know the shame that might uh, be experienced if you get found out to fail um, can be quite crippling and so I guess when my my relationship ended I found myself exploring who was I what did I really want to do and realized I was on this path of leadership um, in corporate that wasn't really aligned to what I stood for and what I wanted to be so I'd I'd had a background in finance and whilst finance is great uh, not necessarily where my joy came from so Heart is a uh, leadership method which spells out um, five different words, which is hope, um, energy, action, resilience and trust. And I I look at the framework as one acknowledgement that we all have our hearts. We all have our internal guidance system. And that's what I essentially refer to this as. It's it's our internal guidance method to help us understand how we want to lead our life. So hope. I guess was around figuring out, you know, how how was it that my purpose had evolved from being in corporate into wanting to do my own business and understanding how I wanted to measure my life. So we all start off with, you know, what's our choice for our destination. So if you, if I use the car analogy, that's probably the easiest way to describe the method uh, succinctly. It's like getting into your car deciding where you want to go and then setting your GPS destination to take you there. So it's it's your, your GPS is what you program. It's programmed with, you know, it acknowledges where you are today. You identify where you want to go and then it helps you identify the pathways to get there. It's like and a, it also it's like a vision, right? It's it's yeah, it's absolutely. same thing. You hope to get there. It's if that's your vision and that's how, yeah. Correct. That's, yeah and it requires a number of factors it requires you to have the destination in mind it requires you to consider the different pathways so your gps in your in your car would calculate the best route for you and i guess i do that with my clients around you know one helping them identify their destination two then helping them identify the best pathway for them 
But the third component of hope is about the self-belief. Now, when you get into your car and you program your GPS, you have innate self-belief that it's going to get you there. And even though you might have quirks and nuances, I know I certainly do with my my sat-nav, is the sense that, you know, broadly it's going to take me in the right direction and I'll, I'll, I'll find a way to reach my destination. And that's what it's like with us at a human level is to go, right, do we have, the goals do we have the pathways and do we have the self-belief which ultimately spells out gps um and that that forms the hope part of the framework the second step in uh, the framework is energy and if you consider in your car if you didn't have your tank full of fuel you wouldn't get anywhere and that's the same for us at a human level is to say you know do we have fuel in our tank to get us to where we want to go to and when i look at fuel i look at four different components it's the physical energy that we have so are we sleeping are we um resting enough are we exercising are we drinking enough water do we have a good diet um looking after ourselves physically because as the vessel to, to carry ourselves we need to make sure that that is first and foremost taken care of once we know that's taken care of we're then looking at our uh, emotional and our mental energies to go if we're physically well then what's driving our emotional challenges what's supporting us what kind of relationships do we have where might they be toxic and therefore draining us where are we most energized are we doing the jobs that we love so mentally am i stimulated am i challenged am i drawing my energy from from what i do or do i find what i do draining and then the last energy component i talk to is spiritual and for most people especially having had a corporate career and in finance most people wouldn't associate the conversation around spirituality to come in but what i mean by spiritual um is more about your sense of purpose you know mm. something bigger than yourself that drive that fuel that says you know this isn't just about me following my path and fueling my journey just for self-gain but what do i want to stand for and and what's my my mission around that so your spiritual energy comes from a sense of mission and purpose so when i look at the fuel that's the energy part and then it comes to the actual taking action and and this is where so many people get stuck they identify their goals they know where their these gps is um mapped to they they look after their energy they get the fuel and then they stop short of actually getting in the car and driving and um it's helping them to sort of recognize one when you're in the car essentially you are needing to press the start ignition you're needing to release your handbrake and you're needing to press the accelerator so there are a number of things that you have to do to actually move you towards the destination having the map simply alone is not good enough right so mm -hmm. it's work it's working through that and saying well what are your brakes what's actually getting in the way of you taking action and in here i'll look at things like fear so what fears do people have that get in the way of moving forward i look at their perfectionism i look at how they procrastinate i look at you know the the self-doubt the internal critic narrative that they have and all of the things that we don't recognize that are actually our breaks that stop us moving forward and actually working on helping them release those so they can release the fear they can release the the sense of imposter they can release the the anxiety and the overwhelm they get to release the perfectionism and the procrastination so that actually they're free to then press the accelerator and move forward yeah i was about, um, to, I was about to say that it sounds like in this action in this action period of the heart method this is where you'd find a lot of that imposter syndrome and the feelings of self-doubt embarrassment and fearful 
it, yeah, absolutely. It's because especially when you're trying to prove yourself to be credible, uh, we can find ourselves in the break of I need to do more study, I need to do more education, I need to take another yeah. course, I need to do another qualification, I need to, um, you know, I need to read another book on this subject before I feel qualified to actually have an opinion and have a seat at the table. And given the majority of the people I work with are all senior female executives. They're presenting confidently on the outside, but on the inside, there's all of this inner niggle, this doubt that, you know, am I really as good as people might think I am? What else can I do to to give myself credibility? I spoke to one lady today and she was talking about how she checks her work four times over before submitting um, a report because she's worried that she might get something wrong. And, you know, the, the further up the, the chain you get, you don't have the capacity to check something four times over. Yeah. You have to trust in your own judgment, trust in your own leadership and find methods to help you find the confidence to, to move you past that. So that's what I do in the action is to understand where the blocks people have, what are their breaks to their success. Yeah. And then help them basically put their foot on the accelerator, which, you know, which is very much about moving them forward to the destination that they want to go to. And then the the fourth step on the uh, method is resilience. And if I keep the car analogy going, it's it's like having your GPS recalculate your route when you get get lost right so you you find you've gone down um, a road and you've got a dead end or there's uh, an accident that's happened and then you've got a roadblock and therefore you're needing to reroute and we need to do this constantly in our lives we've set our goals we've set our destination and then things happen that may change our perspective it may change where we actually want to go or what route we want to take because we've found something else that actually interests us so it's looking at how do we ultimately achieve our end destination, i.e. be the humans that we want to be and achieve success in the way we want to measure it, but also allow for a recalculation, allow for that resilience to be built when perhaps you've achieved um, a knockback, you've applied for a role that you're going for that you didn't get or you didn't achieve the um, the client win that you were seeking for. So how do you get back up when you've had those knockbacks? And if, if anything, makes you question your imposter syndrome even more because there's a sense of oh see I've got evidence now that I'm failing so clearly what I'm thinking is accurate and it's not it's helping people build their resilience to be able to overcome that to say no this is just a reroute this is recalculating and how do we move you forward such that you might need to go around the roundabout a few more times, but you'll find the exit that's going to take you to put you back on track for your journey. Yeah. Um, so that's the resilience and step. And then the that, go that, on, that, yeah, on that resilience while we're there, it's something that again is to, you know, you make your clients feel unstoppable. And if yeah. they're not feeling any of that hardship, if they're not any, if they're not, you know, making their skin tougher, if they're not building that resilience, um, yes. they're never truly going to feel that unstoppable because there's always going to be periods in um, their working life or their personal life that they well, will feel, be challenges. They'll feel yeah, yeah. self-doubt, embarrassed, fearful, um, and but you can't change the world, but there's another game to play and that's exactly what you're doing there and that's change the way that you perceive the world, change the way that you adapt to the world rather than changing the world itself. Absolutely. And that's the thing, right? We often think our success relies on our external environment, but it's everything to do with our internal mm. environment. 
And that's what I work on is to say, you know, when it comes to having female leaders have a seat at the table, you know, I look at the numbers and we've got 6% of ASX CEOs are women. Uh, so that's 12 women in 200. Um, there's only 30% of female leaders that are directors in businesses. So we've still got a long way to go in elevating leadership, but most people are focusing on how do we bring gender equality in the workplace? How do we increase diversity? And all of that is valid and relevant. However, it is very much reliant on other people doing things to make the world easier for ourselves. And actually, if we tackled our internal state, internal narrative, internal dialogue that prevents us from getting out of our own way, yeah. um, then actually we, we, we'd have a we'd have an opportunity to actually stand for the causes that we want to support. We'd actually be able to be a voice, not only for ourselves, but for others. And that's what I work on is to go, well, you've got to work on you because other people need you to be strong. But if we're waiting for the external environment to change before we feel like we've got an opportunity, then we're wasting it. Um, and that brings me on to the last step of the method, because it's about trust. And, you know, the, the car analogy continues with the sense that you started on your journey and it was light and you felt confident because you could see the path ahead of you. But now it's dark and you don't have that clarity. You don't have, you know, you can only see um, 150 yards or so lit up in front of you. But you're having to move forward, trusting that if you keep moving forward, the next part of the next part of the road is going to be lit up for you. And as long as you keep progressing, that light is going to be lighting the way and revealing the rest of the path to allow you to get to your destination. And I use analogies just as a way for people to catch the ideas quickly, because when it comes to trust, it's really hard for people to grasp what does trust look like. And it is. It's about trust is about navigating forward in the absence of certainty. And most people, uh, certainly if you can imagine in this COVID environment, are seeking certainty. There's so much uncertainty about what the world's going to look like post this period of time. There's so much uncertainty around uh, job security. Uh, will I be able to live the life I want? Will I have the income I want? Um, what's going to be required to keep me and my family safe and healthy? You know, all of the restrictions around how we look after ourselves yeah. are changing. So there's so much uncertainty and anxiety about what the world's going to look like post this. And what it's going to require is trust because it's only there when there's no certainty because it allows us to go, right, I trust I'm going to find a way through this. I'm going to be able to navigate. I'm going to keep moving forward. The light in front is going to light up enough for me to make those next few steps. And as long as I take those next few steps, then the following subsequent steps become clear and I take take action according to that. And especially when it comes to leadership, you, you need that more than anything to have you trust in yourself so that people trust in you and your leadership too. Yeah. You, well, you have to, you've got to trust the process. You know, if you've just worked on um, the hope, the energy, the action, you've built resilience, it's now really time to trust the process and, and go mm. all in. You know, if you, if you have ever played a game of poker um, and you go all in, you know, you watch everyone else at the table just start folding and the universe has a weird way of doing the same thing. If you, if you're making all the right moves and go all in and oh, trust the process, it just works. It happens. 100%, 100%. And I think it is that it's trusting in what you can't see, um, but having absolute faith to back yourself to go, right, I'm trusting the process. I'm going all in. 
yeah. and what's going to be revealed to me is something far greater than I could ever foreseen had I had certainty because certainty only limits our span of visibility certainty allows us to go okay that's what's going to happen and there's no room for any magical upside <laughs> that happens if you don't uh, if you see everything yeah. I mean there's and when I look at certainty I'm like imagine going spending your life as if you were going on a package holiday where you've already chosen your destination, you've chosen the route, you've chosen who you're going to meet, you've chosen all of the meals you're going to have, you've chosen your day trips. Like, where's the excitement in that? So there has to be trust because actually variety and uncertainty is what makes um, the way we live our lives so unique and special and it creates the adventure that we live. And so I'm a big believer in when you when you learn to trust, you can manifest the life that you want you can create that but it is it's it's going all in and it's having faith and backing yourself in that process and and showing people how to do that because it's not it's not something that um everyone is comfortable doing without support yep you gave um you gave an awesome i guess definition of or your own definition of imposter syndrome before it's something that i probably need to work on myself um i generally refer to it as you know quite a superficial thing i generally say something along the lines is it's the discomfort that comes before success but you went into a little Mm. bit more depth around that and you also obviously work with female leaders and i myself i work with um quite a lot of female leaders as well in the um exercise physiology space um why do you think it's more prevalent in uh, females to have this imposter syndrome or do you think females are just more likely to go out and seek help? Well, research would tell us um, that initially when uh, imposter syndrome was discovered, which was around late 70s by a couple of psychologists, they believed it had only affected women, but subsequently researchers found that uh, men are also affected, like even people like Elon Musk have experienced imposter syndrome. But what they've found is they women tend to be more susceptible because they produce less testosterone, which is the confidence hormone. So when you look at it that way, you go, oh, this kind of makes sense. And when I think about all of the connections that I have with female leaders, and we'll, we'll all resonate with the you know the the the, um what's the word i'm looking for the insight that a guy would only need to be 40 50 maybe 60 percent ready before he jumps into putting his hand up for a role or an opportunity and a female will wait till she's 90 percent ready before she puts her hand up so there's definitely something to be said about perhaps it is a, a hormonal thing that allows women to be more susceptible but i also think um there is opportunity for environments to minimize what women feel as a consequence of saying oh it's just imposter syndrome or it's just this sense of lack of self-confidence that women have over men and therefore minimize what the impact is but actually the impact can be quite debilitating and quite cruel in terms of people not following their dreams and their aspirations because they've limited themselves but it is so much more than just um you know oh i'm not having any confidence you know the imposter syndrome comes to those that are successful because yeah. they they worry about their success they worry about how they're perceived they're, they're worrying about how they can raise the bar so if you are not you know ambitious driven um 
orientated to growth and to achieve more, you are less likely to be a victim of imposter syndrome. So this isn't the same as just having low confidence in yourself. This is about having aspirations to win big, but feeling that um, perhaps you aren't good enough or great enough to, to go after it. You know, so big actors like Tom Hanks would have experienced imposter syndrome. Yeah authors um like jk rowling experience you know imposter syndrome in writing her book so it happens to the very best um of of the people out there achieving great things so i think if you're going to doubt yourself or judge yourself you know measure yourself with those that are already kicking big goals and go yeah i feel this because i'm wanting to kick some big goals yeah. myself so this isn't about um being a victim to it it's because you're setting the bar high for yourself well that's the thing you're, you're taking someone from i guess that imposter syndrome to the feeling of unstoppable which you know just that word unstoppable um it just holds so much weight to it um and yeah you've mentioned jk rowling i think she took her harry potter book to about nine publishers and got knocked back and then i bet now she feels unstoppable um yeah so that's inc- it- incredible it is, and it's, and each and each person's view of what is unstoppable to them will be unique. So I know what it means to me. You know, for me, being unstoppable is this sense of I'm not going to um, allow external conditions dictate how I live my life. You know, so this sense of worrying about what other people think. I I don't care because I know when I'm on my deathbed, when Judgment Day, for my own sense of self comes that's not how I measure success, right? So I'm not measuring my success based on, did people think I was awesome? I'm going to measure my success based on, was I a good person and did I live my life freely? So I look at how I'm measuring that. And for me, that's what unstoppable means to me is to go, how can I live my life free from any fear of what others may think or limit? And how can I live myself free from my own sense of self-doubt? And it's, and it's, to be open and honest, to, to acknowledge that imposter syndrome crops up every time I challenge myself to be better. So I have to work my own methods to get past it myself because yeah. you are, you're constantly going, right, I want to be better. But what if there's this chance of failure here? You know, what if people do think I'm a fraud? And then I have to catch myself and go, but that's not how I measure my life. So let let me release that break and accelerate again towards the destination that I want to move forwards towards. And you've um you've actually developed a, a diagnostic tool for people to be able to measure themselves just how unstoppable they are. Um, would you yeah, be able to, so yeah. yeah, I've got a um, scorecard. It's got 50 questions. It takes probably no more than three minutes to do. Um, and it's designed around the heart method, which basically shows you how good you are at your self-leadership and ultimately how unstoppable you are. So uh, depending on how people score, so if you score less than 45%, you're less likely to be unstoppable. And then you've got the mid-range between 45 and 80, uh, where it's moderate. But, you know, to to truly be unstoppable, you want to be over 80%. Um, And I'd encourage anyone that wants to give that a go. It's on my website on uh, www.heartofhuman.com. And you can see a link straight away to uh, discover how unstoppable yep. you are and get your score. I'll add a link to that on um, my website too in the podcast tab. So on the episode of, of this one, there will be heartofhuman.com in the in the links there. So if you do forget it, um, just head to the website 
of health interactions and you'll find it there. Um, I also wanted to, I mean, we align in so many ways. Um, and another way that we align is the fact that we're both committed to the global goals. I um, teamed um. up with B1G1 uh, in October last year and I've been able to find ways to create giving stories that um, anything that I do in a day-to-day activity can trigger me giving um, to one of the global goals. And I see that you are also aligned to the global goals. What what am, sort indeed. of motivated you to get um, get committed there? Oh, a couple of reasons. Um, and this is an interesting one because actually it was part of helping me overcome my own imposter syndrome. What I realized after having a career in finance where I spent pretty much all of my time measuring revenue and profit, uh, when it came to starting my own business, it wasn't the motivator. So, you know, I'd set myself revenue goals and I'd miss them. And I couldn't understand why having had a career in finance, I would be missing my revenue goals. Um, And then realized it was my own sense of imposter around, you know, can I do this? Uh, You know, I've transitioned out of a corporate career into running my own business, very different landscape. And then I thought, well, what's actually going to drive me to overcome that is a sense of meaning, purpose, that spiritual energy that I mentioned earlier. That's going to that's going to fuel me. And when you link your um, your giving your revenue generation to be able to give back, suddenly there was a greater purpose. I thought, right. okay. so the more I generate revenue for my business, the more I get to support uh, the sustainable global goals. I've chosen gender equality as as one of the the pillars I support. And I've also chosen to support um, another project more locally called the just be nice project which is all about helping um you know create extraordinary positive change in the world by helping people make ordinary positive change and i look at both of those and i think if i'm a business for good one at a global level with b1g1 but also then locally with the jbn project um the just be nice project it makes me focusing on my business significantly easier because it's not about me it's now right going if i the more i help individuals be unstoppable the more collectively we as a as a team as a as a as a community are able to help those that are significantly more disadvantaged and help level up um, the support that we get to give our our world both both locally and globally and I, I I found that to be a massive help for me getting past my own sense of imposter syndrome to to, to go and do things for myself that I wouldn't have otherwise Just, done because it's not about me anymore yeah setting them external goals that I guess can keep you on track um, and yes. keep you more aligned to making fe- people feel unstoppable but also being able to i guess help those disadvantaged and i mean they're only disadvantaged because they're born in the wrong place of the world that's what sort of i mean that that's yes. what hurts my heart you find out you know people can't have access to clean water just because they're born in the wrong place correct yeah absolutely and when we've got so much privilege how can we share that uh, with others and i think you know also what I think when you're a, a business for good from a client perspective, it, it kind of feels like whilst I'm also getting support for what I need in in asking for help, getting support for what I need to be unstoppable or to improve my health, I'm actually able to help others too, right? So it's a sense of giving from both perspectives. It's a sense of I know what drives me, but also from my client's perspective to know that they're, they're 
confidence in asking for help, which is what many people with imposter syndrome don't do, yeah. <laughs> um, is actually making a difference to a community that otherwise would not have access to the support that they need. Yeah. So um, I'm a strong believer in, I guess, the mantra that if you don't have your health, you don't really have anything. You know, once your health starts to deteriorate, everything else in your life around you will deteriorate, both, you know, personal relationships, but professional, um, yes. on a professional level as well. So um, I just wanted to know, what do you do? What are your little tips and tricks that you're able to do in your life that keep you healthy? Yeah, okay. Um, one, I have recently, because I realized with uh, COVID, when your work and home life, and you're spending quite a lot of time sitting at home in the same space was to punctuate my start of my work day and the end of my work day with walks so that I can create a physical um, boundary and separation from work and home so it's kind of like introducing a mini commute to the office from home from home to the home office that's brilliant it's like you've walked to work you've walked to work (laughs) and then you walk home from work Absolutely. So do that. And then also um, have enforced. So I use the, you know, the do not disturb um, and the screen time manager. So being able to look at my screen time and limit my screen time. So I'm not actually on my computer post 8 p.m. because I go to bed at 10. So I get my eight hours. Um, So that's the, the two things I do. But also, I think the biggest thing I've had to do over this time period specifically differently is also give myself more time off, which seems weird when you run your own business to go, why are you giving yourself more time off? But I've realized actually we're in this really ambiguous environment and actually, yeah. And so for my mental health and my clarity around how to get creative and make the best impact for my clients, having that space to think without having to be at my laptop. So I now take, which I know not everyone has the luxury of, but I take Tuesday and Thursdays off so that I can actually use that time to just do something fun for me and allow my thinking brain and my creative juices to start flowing. And I think now that I've been able to see that's working well during this time, I hope it's something I can sustain post um sort of covid um because it's been really insightful to be able to just say right i am switching off because it forces me to be disciplined in the time that i am working and be really strict about what i focus on where i'm productive so i've got actually less time wasted even though i'm now working less hours i actually deliver the same which is really interesting i was going to say i reckon by having them days off and letting them creative juices flow you'll probably find that the quality of work when you are on is better it's so much more focused so much more focused so yeah so that's been something new i've done but um but given energy is part of the framework it's all about you know your diet your nutrition um i've taken on some guidance in that regard with uh, taking on uh, meal uh, sort of support boxes like HelloFresh and Marley Spoons. So I do anything that's going to help me get um, clear, nutritious meals. Excuse that um, 
noise in the background. My puppy's decided to wake up and start playing right the near me. co-worker at the moment. <laughs> my co-worker, that's it. My co-worker has decided it's time for Monday evening playtime. <laughs> yeah. No, very good. Um, no, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. And that's the thing. Um, the best exercise, I think, is the one that you'll do. So, you know, finding it finding it in um, in your day, however it suits you, is, yes. is the best thing for you. It's such an yeah. individual thing. Absolutely. And exercise, I have to say, I probably could do with some better support around that for sure. Because other than the walks, what I have realized in this time, I'm not doing as much um, strenuous heart rate lifting exercises. So that's something I'm very conscious that I need to. But I've also been very cognizant that in this time, just it's taking self-care. Yeah, just being be kind. kind. Yeah. Yeah, I've had exactly to do that. that. I've had to do that at times as well. You know, I generally try and force myself to get up, um, you know, early, get my exercise in most days. But then last week, it was the back end of last week. Um, you know, I had, I had a couple of webinars on through the week last week. And then by the back end, I'd set my alarm to get up for a, a 5K run to start the day on Friday. And the alarm went off. I'm like, I just have to be kind to myself. It's what I tell my clients Absolutely. is to just listen to the body sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely so true it's so necessary um do you have any advice just if you have got one piece of gold that you live by if you could only give one piece of advice onto someone what would it be oh, it's a pretty broad question that is oh one so piece talking of you were talking about it before if mm. you were on your deathbed you said that you'd be proud of everything you've done because you're living to your purpose yeah outside of being proud think- if someone said okay now one piece of advice I think my one piece of advice is, um, and it was something that I read um, that Oprah had quoted. And when I read it, I thought, wow, that's so powerful. She had said, if she knew um, long ago that just being herself would make her the money that it did, she'd have started a lot earlier. Wow. (laughs) And I just thought, Oh my goodness! I was like, you've got Oprah saying just being yourself is a, a you know, a humongous, um, you know, accolade around not only wealth but just the life she's living. And I thought, well, that in itself for me is is critical. Is that we always are striving to be what others perhaps want us to be, need us to be, desire us to be, or we're comparing ourselves versus others and feeling less than. And actually if I could give one bit of advice and I'm still working on it too. So don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not, um, you know, perfect in this, but I have certainly found that, you know, doing what I do, I have stepped into being more of myself than I've ever been. And it is so freeing and it's part of what you need to be, to be unstoppable is to just, you know, own who you are, be, you know, beat your own drum, you know, talk from your own hymn sheet and, and just decide, you know, what do you want to measure your life and, and by? That, and that living by that would just project so much confidence as well. Yeah, for because sure. You're just authentic sure. in every in every aspect. Of, if you're authentic in every aspect of your life, um, I guess that that is what confidence is, and that's what success is. You know? Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I think you know success. If you know what success is in how you're measuring your life, and you show up that way, that is that is successful right and let's not you know society's measure of success or wealth is 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 fine to calibrate against but only if 
you're already well within yourself to go, I know who I am. Yeah. I know what I'm going to measure life successfully as for my personal self. And then what do I want externally is driven from that internal narrative rather than I need to be different to fit in or I need to have this wealth to be seen to be successful. It's it's um, it's not where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? I think yeah, that was, I love that. I had heaps of fun having you on. Oh, thank you so much. No, I just want to say thank you so much. And I'm I'm so glad we've definitely got alignment in the message. And yeah. as I said before, I'd love to uh, get you um, sharing some of the, the work that you do um, to the people that I work with, because I think there's definite synergies, especially when it comes to health, nutrition and fitness. Um, they're the easiest ones when it comes to the physical emotional and mental energy to let go of when we're under pressure and under yeah. stress so yeah i think it's powerful so no it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk with you today yeah, Tom. I'd be more thank than you happy to help where possible so just before we wrap up i'd like to also just um say thanks again and if you do want to find the unstoppable human diagnostic tool um go to heartofhuman.com or you'll find the email address the, the link to the email um, on, on our website there as well. Perfect. Thank you very Fantastic. much. Glee. Thank you so much. And thank you for accepting my nosy, uh, noisy coworker too. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I've got my co my coworkers just gone out for a walk. So, um, it was only the one of them playing around. <laughs> thank you.